Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and Attentive. The OmniTalk Fast Five is the podcast that we hope each week makes you feel a little smarter and most importantly, and a little happier too. And thankful. It's and, it's and thankful. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this yeah. is our Thanksgiving podcast. It is November 23rd, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walton. I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of retail. And I got to tell you, though, it's good to be back, but I am still California dreaming. Yeah. Chris, you had a big guys trip this weekend at uh, at Stanford. All the nerds got back together we, in one house. We did. I did. Of, and I almost. To, I have to tell you a few stories of this, too. So first yeah. of all, we tried VR. We had the Oculus Quest going. Okay. I'm all in on the metaverse now. That's, that stuff is crazy. I told you. It's crazy how far that technology's come. I know. But the better the better anecdote from the weekend. I want to hear more on that story later. But yes, what's the better the anecdote? The better anecdote from that weekend is we arrive at our Airbnb on Thursday night. Me and my buddy Oven. Yes, yes. Oven. Shout out to him, loyal listener. We get there and we can't open the lock to the house. Okay. Okay. And so we realize that the code is the, we get this code, it's four numbers, and we're like, okay, this code doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then we realize like you can't duplicate the numbers. So we're getting all Stanford dorky on this. And so my buddy Oven. Fair play to him. He looks up all the combinations of four-digit numbers that we can find, and we tried every single one of them. Oh, my God. You guys are the biggest dorks. Sorry, Oven. I love you, but uh, you guys are so... This is where, this is where like, we make this good combination. We've yes. got Stanford Book Smarts meets and Mazinga street smarts. You just, you just go, you go to the bar at that yeah, point. Yeah, you you don't keep trying every number. You just find a bar. You tell them I will be at this bar. Come tell me when it's time to get in. So you're not sitting out, dorking out, trying to break no, into you're, an Airbnb. You're totally right. And the closest hotel, believe it or not, was the four seasons. Fine. So we were like an hour and a half into it. We're like, let's look up how much it is to stay at the four seasons. Cause we couldn't figure it out. It turned out to be a three digit code, which was really frustrating, but it was $900. And so my buddy was like, maybe we just go to the desk and we're like, you know what? That's too expensive. Can we just have one season? Oh my God. <laughs> what about fall or oh autumn? God. Can we just oh say that? Get out but of anyway, here. All right. All right. And, but to get back to the headlines, you got actually, you have some big news this weekend. Yes, it is. We are fully in one of the biggest retail weeks of the season. Um, it is cyber week, which is a week now. I mean, I feel like how long has yeah, it been? A week I, I can't keep cyber week, black know, Friday, all that stuff. Cyber so, month. You know, like yeah. it, things have been going on since the beginning of time. It feels like, uh, but we launched the urban site again Woo-hoo! this week. We're so back at it. Being retailers we are back at it. So as you guys are shopping for your holiday gifts, please check out uh, and support small businesses um, all in one website and one checkout. Super simple, urbanroostershop.com. That's my plug. But Chris, we got to get to the fast I know. Five. I think, what, I think we happening? do. As much as I love dorking out about my Stanford anecdotes. Well, this weekend, we're going to talk Target permanently closing on Thanksgiving. Mm, okay. I have lots of thoughts on that one. Best Buy acquiring Yardbird yesterday. Kroger and Google, Google Maps pick up. Google, Google Maps pick up. Pick up. All right. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but first, we take off with two huge stories out of Amazon this week. And yes, let's get to it. So headline number one, we teased it in last week's Fast Five because that was breaking news. But according to Bloomberg, Amazon's Just Walk Out technology will power Sainsbury market in London. So Sainsbury's pocket market, again, cutest name for a small format store I've ever heard is planning to open on November 29th, leveraging what Sainsbury is calling a smart shop pick and go setup. 
The store is also located in High Holborn, just a few blocks away from Tesco's store with Trigo that we re- recently fe- featured on Omnitalk. This is just like one street, one avenue right. of straight up <laughs> checkout free. Like you want the future, go to High Holborn. Yeah, right. High Holborn is yeah. like the epicenter of, of the latest and greatest technology in retail. Okay. What do you think though, Chris? Well, first of all, I have to comment on the pocket market because it reminds right. me of Pocket Hercules from the 1998 Seoul Olympics weightlifter. Okay. But anyway, my thoughts on this are really this. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. I mean, I always screw that up. Fool me you once, and George Bush. It's yeah, okay. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But I can't, I can't believe that a grocer is going with Amazon. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the same week that this was announced, I don't know if you caught this in Business Insider too. Actually, you sent it to I me. I did. I did. Where like uh, Amazon's expansion plans of Amazon Go and Amazon Fresh in the UK are rumored to be very, very aggressive. And so I don't think you partner with somebody that can potentially disintermediate or do your business model better than you can. And we'll get to that probably more in a second with headline number two. But you know, if you don't like the alternatives of the different providers, yeah, I think you just sit on the sidelines and wait this out. You know, yeah. I don't think you go with I don't think you go with Amazon to try to solve your problems here because Tesco's out there putting it in market two blocks down the street from right. you. Like, right. what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was shocked to see this. Um, and I, I'm wondering, you know, it, at first I thought of, you know, Amazon was kind of put in this situation this summer where they were kind of the, the leader in the Morrison's takeover. Like everybody thought that they were going to come in and acquire Morrison's market. And mm. that would be kind yeah. of their key to expansion Ooh. to roll out in the UK. So I'm wondering if there's more to this deal than we, than meets the eye, I guess is, are they, is the Sainsbury's partnership just like a way for Amazon to start like testing out geographies? And then we see this like partnership between them or something happening because this is a little suspect to me, but I, I also think that we're going to start seeing more of these pocket stores emerge as a way to test the technology oh, both sure. in the UK and in the U S. Sure. Um, cause I still, you know, I think there's still some hesitancy from some, uh, grocers to kind of get on board with the full concept. Um, so I think we'll start to see more of these. So you know, would I go with Amazon? No, but I think there might be more to the story. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. But I think, you know, the key there too, is, is it a retrofit like what we saw at Tesco or what sounds like a new build in this case with Amazon go and their technology, right. And which of those approaches ultimately allow you to scale better over time. I think I still go with the former than the latter. right? Right. And so, I don't know. This is going to be fun to watch. Like, you know, and it makes me wonder too. I have no idea, but like the whole Trigo Tesco angle to this Tesco being investor in Trigo, like, does that lock them out of Saint, lock them from being, you know, able to be put into Sainsbury? I have no idea. Like, it's just fascinating to watch. Yeah. I think we're going to have, we're going to watch it all develop. I don't think anybody knows. It's just, it's such new territory. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's move to headline number two. And this is our headline that you are required to pay attention to. Oh, and as are all our listeners, because this headline is brought to you by Attentive. If you want to learn more and to see why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage consumers and drive revenue, visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk to request your demo today. Okay. Well, and headline number two, this is, I think this is one of my favorite things of the year. Agreed. Starbucks and Amazon are opening a cashierless coffee shop in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. According to CNBC, the first combo Starbucks pickup store and Amazon Go convenience store opened this past Thursday in New York City mm-hmm. on 59th Street between Park and Lexington Avenues, and two more are planned over the next year. 
The Amazon Go Market section of the store features a variety of food options, including Starbucks classics, pre-made salads and sandwiches from Amazon Kitchen, and items from local favorites like Magnolia Bakery. Oh, dang. Sex in the City drop. All right. There's also large booths for meetings and solo dining booths for customers who may be working remotely or studying. I love the ad of <laughs> studying. Both logos adorn the outside of the building, and, and palms can be scaled yeah. to enter. Hell yeah. Yes. In addition it. to mobile app scans and credit card insertions and your thoughts. How much oh do you my love God. this? I love this. Do you really? I can guarantee uh, we'll be out in New York for NRF. 100%. Cool shit alert video. Definitely yes. happening at this location. 100%. Yeah. Um, I think that we are this. Why do you love it, though? Because I think that we are looking at the future of convenience stores. I think mm. this is this like the perfect example of two companies who have the star power, the scalability to roll this out quickly and simply across the yeah. country. I, uh, I was spoke with the retail dive this week and we were talking about C stores and just kind of where things were going. And one thing that um, this reporter mentioned that I thought was interesting is that she'd been doing some research that, you know, some of the C stores were scared of QSR, like that, that QSR oh. was going to be taking their food business. Right. And at first I was like, I don't know. I mean, they seem like they're not playing in the same space. And then this headline yeah. came out and I was like, yeah, actually, this is something that I would be nervous about if I was a C-store because you do have, in theory, better prepared foods, grab and go foods and Starbucks, which, you know, no, no gas station coffee. I'm sorry, 7-Eleven, but right. is going to compete with Starbucks, especially the margin on, on the coffee that Starbucks gets. So I love this. I'm really excited. I think we're going to see tons of these rolling out quickly. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I love, 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 love this. Oh my God. And four? I, I think that's four loves if you're keeping Damn. score at home. Um, I think it just makes total sense. What's your, what, what's your rationale? Like, why are you loving it? I think and shout out to Raj, my buddy, Raj Shroff, uh, who initially had this idea and first talked to me about this in 2018, right after the first Amazon Go store opened yeah. up. And I think I've subsequently written about it a couple of times. I honestly can't remember because uh, it was a couple of years ago now, but it's cool to see him having it. I mean, my take is this. I think it's threefold. I think, you know, we just talked about Sainsbury's. Like, mm -hmm. do you partner with Amazon Go on your tech in that situation? No. Yeah. Does Starbucks? Yes. Because sure. I think Amazon cannot replicate Starbucks. No, it, it just can't. And even in the go, remember in the go store that the first go store in New York yeah. that we went to where they had the dispenser machine, like it was still good. It tasted good, yeah. but it was still like gas station or convenience store coffee. It wasn't like the Starbucks. Yeah, It wasn't like freshly made like, you know, and I just don't think they can do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's I mean, look at how much how competitive that space is. There's mom and pop shops everywhere. Yeah. Starbucks is Starbucks. It's something that people are addicted to. Yeah. So I don't think you have the threat, you know, of that happening. The other thing I love about this point number two, I think it makes the Starbucks experience more inviting because now I have more options. Like okay. uh, one of the things I don't okay. like about Starbucks is like my only choices are like the plastic. I think they even like, it's potentially even like the laminated plastic pastries. laminated pastries yes, under the, the glass. Term. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want that. Like there's only so many sous vide egg bites I can indulge on in one day. Right. But now I get fresh sandwiches. I get a lot of options. I get Magnolia baked goods. Like that just makes it more appealing to me. And the last point, my point, my third point would be, this is not new. Yeah. Right. That's what I think is fascinating about this. Starbucks has partnered with retailers mm -hmm. and open inside of their experiences for years. Yeah. Target, Hy-Vee, grocery yeah. stores, you mm -hmm. name it. Uh, Jerry's, our local store down the street has a mm -hmm. Starbucks. Like 
So this is just, I think, a natural extension of where they are with Amazon as a retailer opening a convenience operation, which makes me think, uh oh, where's it going next? Where's it going? Amazon Fresh. Yes. Starbucks 100%. will be a key point of Amazon Fresh at some point here in the yeah, future. And I, I think that's Super smart. a big extrapolation here. Yeah, that's a great idea. Another reason to get you into the Fresh store with your palm of all things too. Like, let's not forget right. how convenient this is. Like, I'm just going to go. They have, you can order ahead of time. You can grab your stuff. Like this is the most convenient pickup experience I think that exists right now. Yeah. And it's a Starbucks pickup store too, mm-hmm. right? Like so yeah. you, don't, you don't have all the friction with ordering either. It's right. just there for you ready when you want it, yeah. which if you're studying is actually awesome. You just hit a button. It's ready for you. You don't have to break your studying or your work to go up and order. It's yeah. fantastic. I used to do that all the time. And um, low staff, right? Like you can use 100%. more staff, which we're going to talk about Operations. in our next headline here. Yes. Uh, headline number three, Chris target is keeping stores closed on Thanksgiving forever. Uh, what started as a temporary measure driven by the pandemic is now our new standard. One that recognizes our ability to deliver on guests holiday wishes, both within and well beyond store hours said target CEO, Brian <laughs> Cornell in a note that he wrote to employees yeah. right before Thanksgiving. And he's on the PR trail with this already. Oh, hot uh, damn. He's being he interviewed sure today too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, you, you've managed stores, mm-hmm. Black Friday, you've run store operations all over the country. Like what are you thinking the response is going to be from the people on the ground here? Well, I, you know, I'm conflicted with this story. Really? Yeah, I am. I mean, I honestly, on the one hand, I'm really really, really happy about it Okay, for the store employees. Okay. Um, but on the second part, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded about it and I'll say, I'll share why. Okay. I think first and foremost, I was actually, I was, believe it or not, a store management trainee in the, in the oh super God. target in superior Colorado when target opened on Thanksgiving day for the very first time. Oh. And I remember all of us being like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it sucked and it has sucked and no one wants to work that yeah. day. But the problem was it was in the base. It was in the comp. Okay. And so, and so by that, I mean, it was in your sales history. And so by you not opening the next year, you're automatically going to take that hit against your comp store sales. So the part that I'm jaded about is now this is because it's interesting that they're making this decision the year after they, it's not in the base because no one was open last year. So yeah, okay, let's take credit. Let's look good for this. But you know, this was the year you're going to do it if you're going to do it. But, you know, if you'd really been altruistic, you probably would have shut it down many years before. Now, cool. You can have that epiphany. I'm fine with that. Right. You know, people learn things. That's great. But my thing is the whole point of this from the beginning to be open was mm-hmm. as a you had to protect market share on these key days in yeah. store, especially with online becoming such an important thing. So depending on what the move Walmart makes in response to this next year, I'm curious to see how long Target holds out on this, because right. if they ever go back on this, I will tell you. All you loyal OmniTalk listeners, and I will slate them alive for going back on oh, this God. decision because I think it's, it's just so disingenuous to make this announcement and potentially go back on it later. Like, if you're going to make this announcement, you better damn well hold to it yeah. forever. Yeah. Okay. I completely agree. In the words of Andre 3000, Chris, <laughs> forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. I know, like, right? Can you even say that? Right. I think that's a ridiculous thing. Like, that's a great just point. say we're going to be closed on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Done, period. And then 
make the like that seems like a something I would tell my kid like oh yeah we're never gonna do that or yeah, yeah this is forever and whatever like this I don't how can you even say that Brian Cornell who long who knows how long he'll still be there and what's point. the next CEO gonna do like right. this is the most ridiculous thing and I think that's what makes me the most angry about this yeah. is that like you're making a promise to people that you cannot keep like you don't know one maybe this for this next year like you said yeah. but you know, whatever happens with the market, whatever happens with like retail stores in general and targets position in the market in general will change this. So, well, I think it's good this year and I'm glad for the employees who've been, you know, working on the front lines and to keep morale up for the next six weeks as they head into the holiday season. But I don't know. That's a great point. Anne. I love that you just said that. Like, why does it need the forever statement right now? Because you're right. The egg is not on the face of Cornell when he retires. Right. And this decision has to potentially be looked at or overturned or something like, why do you need to say that? Right. But, you know, you know, Brian Cornell, as much as anyone loves the PR spotlight as a retail CEO. So. All right, let's go to headline number four because headline number four broke late la- late yes. yesterday afternoon, and it, I got to tell you, and it surprised the hell out of me. I know, and that is that Best Buy has acquired outdoor furniture brand Yardbird for a reported eighty five million dollars. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. It's gonna be a nice one over at the Dylan's house. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Bob Dylan, the CEO of uh, Yardbird. But Yardbird, for those unfamiliar, specializes in premium patio sets made of sustainable materials, including things like recycled plastics. Prices start at around $2,000 for a sectional or table and chair set. The company currently operates stores in Minneapolis, Denver, Kansas City, Detroit, D.C., and Philadelphia. And my question for you. Yes. How can you make sense of this? Make sense of this for me, can you? I am trying, Chris. First of all, okay, let's talk about the price point. I, I, the last patio set I bought was off of Craigslist. So I don't have a, like a good comp here for, I mean, $2,000. That seems expensive for like a, it's incredibly expensive. Okay, for like a patio what are you set. paying for a patio set on target.com when you were leading me I would, home? Yeah, great question. I would say your 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 price point, the sweet spot price point is probably in like the seven hundred to twelve hundred dollar range. Okay, for like a sectional, yep. nice little coffee table yep. setup. Okay. Um, well, that thank you for setting the stage. I'm still trying to figure this out. I was really digging, Chris, because we got two hometown brands here. Right. I'm I mean, the Yardbird brand, excellent brand. Like we met the founders. They're really cool. Best Buy got to root for them because they're local, but like they started selling grills and maybe this feels like the next logical move, but I cannot understand it. And like, where are they going to keep all this stuff? Like I was trying to think maybe like if they start these new outlet centers, like maybe they could put them at the outlet centers, but yeah, I mean, Best Buy just acquired that health tech company that made sense to me. This one, not so much. And $85 million, Chris, right? I mean, the health tech company they just acquired was $400 million, $85 million for a patio company. That's a lot of outdoor sectionals. Uh, so you're not liking this? I, you can't figure it out? I just can't figure it out. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the logic of, as a, custo- as a customer, am I going to Best Buy for these products? Like, mm-hmm. why am I going there? It, is it fulfilling a need that I have? Like, do I need to get vacuums, a refrigerator, a PlayStation, and a patio set? Right. Like. I don't know, but you, this is like totally your wheelhouse. So I want to hear what you have to say. It is a little bit. Yeah. No, thanks for mentioning that. I mean, yeah, I used to run patio furniture right. for stores and.com and, yeah. and understand the differences in the dynamics here across those two channels is pretty damn important. Well, especially targets first foray into getting into 
selling patio furniture, right? I mean, that was like the Denver, the project that you were working. Well, on. yeah, well, I worked on showrooming patio yes, furniture, yes. right? Like it had been in source for a while, but I worked on showrooming it where you don't actually carry the inventory. And, and, and the reason for that is pretty important. I think it's important to point out, generally speaking, like the patio furniture business is much larger online than it is in stores. Okay. So like where Best Buy ends up taking this is a, is a big question to me. Like we, you mentioned, we had Bob Dylan in our, in our, in our office and he was talking to us about how they're going to expand the yeah. brand. And they, those new stores that I just, those stores I just mentioned, those are all relatively new, like within the last couple of years. Yep. And so my question is, okay, why does that expansion plan stop? Mm-hmm. You know, that, cause that means, okay, did you sell out because you saw that this is as good as it's going to get, or is Best Buy think it's going to take it somewhere. Right. But that seems really distracting to me. Best Buy is now operating five stores in patio furniture. They're not going to build their own stores for this. They're not going to hopefully not put it into Best Buy stores because it's a bloodbath from a markdown perspective, really? putting this product in store. Yes, this is not a profitable business. So in yeah, it store. takes up a ton of space. It takes like, up a ton of space. It's a seasonal business too. Right. It's just really hard to do well. It doesn't fit with the decor either, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I thought the most important point you mentioned too is the price points on this stuff are really expensive. Yeah, right. You know, like the core Best Buy customer probably can't afford that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think. And so net net, I mean, I, I'm gonna be blunt on this, but I cannot honestly think of a worse way for Best Buy to spend $85 million. And I hate to say that about a local hometown company, but it just seems silly. But hey, fair play to Bob. Like you said on Thanksgiving, Bob Dylan. Bob and his son, Jay. Bob Dylan and Jay Dylan. I mean, the fact that they could get out of this for that type of cash. I mean, that's huge. But Best Buy, I hope you prove me wrong, but I have no god darn idea what the heck you're trying to do on this one yeah i'm confused i think we'll remain in that spot for probably a good while yeah um all right let's go to headline number five so uh once again chris headline number five is our put it on the spot question from a&m's dave ritter why am i always getting this every week i don't know but they (laughs) like number five five is like the hot seat for a&m they love it (laughs) Uh, Okay, so according to Grocery Dive, Kroger now offers Google Maps pickup at more than 2,000 of its stores. So here's how it works, just a background quick. Um, Shoppers can add orders to their Google Maps, which will remind them when it's time to head to the store and then share their arrival time with the grocery. So like just with your confirmation page, you can click add to Google Maps so that they can start to give you alerts. Now, Chris, Dave from A&M wants to know, how should retailers think of this Google search platform or sorry, how should the retailers be thinking of their integrations with Google? Is it search platform, commerce, delivery platform, competitor, all of the above? Like this is another integration here that we're seeing. How, how are you thinking about this? Ah, uh, man, that's a, that's a really good question. God, you guys always bring it to me pretty hard. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I think it's a little bit of all of the above. Okay. I think first and foremost, you have to look at Google as an advertising platform. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how you get your, it's how you get key information out to your, your customer base, you know, in an efficient way, which that's why with this announcement first, going back to the announcement, and then we'll come back to like the position at Google too. I think, you know, this announcement sounded cool to me when I first thought of it. Yep. And I think in retrospect, I don't know it's that cool. You know, okay. like I wonder as a consumer, like how many people are actually putting Kroger into their local maps? You know, like they all know where the store is. And so like, why can't I just use geofencing as the retailer or just text the retailer when I'm yeah. there or go into the retailer's app and alert them there? Why do I need this extra step of partnering with yeah. Google? So 
that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But the part that I think is potentially cool, and that's why I think you still have to think about Google in a competitive sense too, is I got th- it got me thinking about what could it be, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about okay, like what if there was a you know a front face of this whole thing that was similar to Instacart, where I could go onto some Google property and see all the retailers available for delivery or curbside pickup coordinated by the retailers themselves in some way, shape or fashion. Yeah. And I handled my order through that interface and Google got a cut of it sort of like a marketplace. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something Google could build out. I've, they seem to struggle with trying to get to that point in commerce with everything we've talked about. Right. But I think it's really there. So it's kind of like one of those frenemy things, which is all too often with the tech companies in terms of how retailers work. But but yeah, that's how I would answer that question to David. Yeah, I think that there, my answer to that question with to David would be like they're right now, like you said, frenemies. I think is a good word. They're helping you collect, all, use all the Google properties to collect that information about your customer and share that information back and forth. Because the better that information sharing is, the better the experience is for the customer, and really the better it is for both Google and Kroger. Mm-hmm. Um, my dream when I read this yeah. is to have like a Domino's pizza tracker for all your curbside pickup orders. So what mm. I love about this is that, you know, I haven't seen the tracker portion of this yet, yeah. but my dream is that, you know, if I'm closer than you are to the Ralph's and they see that I'm like start circling and my car is running errands around yeah. that store that they would like figure out how to prioritize my pickup order over yours if we both put it in so that they mm. can like capture that in the same time. And I oh, think you cool. could use Google Maps yeah. for something like that. That's cool. Um, Because that's for me is the biggest flaw still in curbside pickup orders. Mm-hmm. Like you put the order in, it's ready within two hours or within four hours. And I think that that's not enough information. Like Mm -hmm. you need to be able to say, somebody's picking your order right Mm -hmm. now. They picked four out of six items. Like we have that technology. And so I think that the visibility should be there for the consumer so that I can be like, okay, I can leave now. I have a half hour's worth of errands to run. I know I can pick up my order. Even though it says two hours, it should be ready in the next half hour. So I think having something like that and leveraging Google or Google Maps as a way to integrate that could be really cool. Albertsons is also testing this too. So you got to, you know, I think there's something to this. However, they're both still testing smart cards. I know, right? I was just going to say that. Like Albertsons lately seems like they're testing everything. Yeah. What do we do? I see your point there. I see your point. Like it could... for those that use it, it could be to some operational efficiencies yes. for the retailer behind the scenes. It could be pretty important. I think the question for me is just how many people are really using this versus is this just a PR statement that yeah. makes it sound cool? I bet not a lot is. of people are using it. I doubt they are because everyone knows where their Kroger is. All right, Ann, let's do the lightning round. Okay, Chris. Popeyes opened their first store in the UK this week, and already they're confusing Brits because they're serving biscuits, the American kind, not the cookie like British kind, with chicken. <laughs> Chris, do you think they should ditch the American buttermilk biscuits or keep them around? No, I think best of both worlds on this one. You know, Two offer, biscuits? offer the yes, I think you offer the buttermilk biscuit with chicken, and then you come up with a new innovative offering, sandwich offering, which is the English biscuits with a fried chicken piece in between, like cookie oh, and biscuit gross. sandwich. Sign me like up. Like chicken and waffles. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, no, oh, man. Thank you. Drizzle some syrup on there. Maybe some Megan the Stallion hottie sauce. I was like, what's the English equi- equivalent of the Megan the Stallion hottie hot hot sauce from Popeye? <laughs> I have no idea what you talk about. Like every Spice week. Girl? Maybe Spice Girls hot sauce. The Spice Girl chicken sandwich. There yeah. you go. All right, Ann. Dyson last week introduced advanced virtual reality technology to enable its customers to experience and test Dyson technology 
hands-on from their own homes using a VR headset. How much would you enjoy VR vacuuming? There's a lot more I'd rather do in VR than vacuum. So personally, this is not for me. That's one idea that definitely loses suction. (laughs) That's terrible. Okay, Chris, Dollar Tree is pivoting to a model selling $1.25 items to account for inflation. Do you think it's fair for Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and others to stick to their existing names, or should they be required to now pivot to Dollar Twenty Five Tree? <laughs> that is a good question. There's a lot of truth to advertising in this one, right? Like, yes. I mean, I think they should just go with what it is. Call it Dollar Tree plus inflation going forward. <laughs> All right, well, number four, Walmart will be hosting the first ever shoppable live stream on Twitter with Jason Derulo this Ooh. Sunday at seven p.m. Eastern time. Are you tuning in? I might. Do it. I love. I, I think we Jason have to. Derulo. I, I mean, I don't know what he's peddling, but uh, I if he's gonna sing like you're the one I want to want me, like I'll, yeah, you I'll know he, be dancing. He, you know he wants you there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, God, right. he does want us yeah. there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday today to Catherine Heigl of Grey's Anatomy fame, Sarah Highland of Modern Family, and and you know who this is? Dwight Schultz. No idea. Howling Mad Murdoch from the A team. You're gonna have to. Did you know? Did you watch the A team? That was with um, Mr. T, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I did. did. You knew Murdoch then. All right, yeah. He's the crazy one. Hella flies the helicopters. It's like they always broke him out of the psychiatric ward. All right, anyway, remember if you can only read or listen. Children's show. That was such a good show. Such a good show. Remember if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day. It also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it's all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, as always, be careful out there. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Attentive. See why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage consumers and drive revenue. Visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk to request your demo today.